Today's podcast is brought to you by RetouchUp.com. RetouchUp wants to be your photo editing partner. They help you streamline your workflow to keep you doing what you do best, shooting, selling, or just enjoying life. Be sure and listen later in the show for how you can receive a special discount code from RetouchUp.com. You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hey, so quick question. What is the worst thing that can happen to you in your studio in Florida? What's the worst thing that can go wrong in your studio in Florida? Well, there are a lot of things that can go wrong, but but I would predict that probably the most common worst thing is flooding. Oh, flooding. Okay, good. Wrong. What's next? Uh, let's see. Well, there, there's love bugs. Uh, well, you know, they are annoying, but not exactly a menace. Um, then there's um, alligators and snakes. Well, those that's just we live with that now. I have one under my desk as we speak. So uh, There's uh, a crazy face-eating zombie guy. Okay. Florida man. He could come in. Yep, bath salts guy. Mm-hmm. There could be a problem there. Selling flan. Yep, yeah, that could happen. I mean, there's, there are so many. <laughs> possible potential pitfalls to being a, a studio owner in Florida that it's hard to list them all. But I, I, I feel like I haven't listed the particular calamity that you are undergoing at this moment. This is great because this is, this is so unique to you why you wouldn't think of this. Because you are you and because of the cancer. Okay. Right? Because okay. unlike everyone else in the state of Florida, you don't get hot. You're always, always cold. That's true. Oh, that's true. So yeah, there it is. The worst thing that happened in Florida is for your AC to go out. Yes, that's correct. Give the man a cigar. If your AC went out, I think you'd be fine. Yeah, I wouldn't like it, but I wouldn't be as miserable as other people. But I've always been that way because if it's really hot, you could just sit still and just let the hot go through you and just sweat and just don't move and just be like, okay, this is just like a sauna. You know what I mean? Like people will go to a, a spa and pay money to be put into a box that's really, really hot and humid. We live in Florida, right? right? We get that for free. But no one goes someplace and goes, you know what? Can you put me in a box? Can you just put me inside a refrigerator or a freezer for 30 minutes? Because I really think that would feel great. No one does that. And that's that's what it is to be cold. Nothing would surprise me with people. There might be a cold box somewhere. And I remember when I used to wait tables on my break, and I'd be all sweaty. I would would go into the walk-in cooler all the time. (laughs) Yeah, when I cook chicken, I go on the walk-in, sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying, when you're really cold, your body shakes and you shiver and you're just miserable. And when you're really hot, it's bad, but you can always just sit still and bear through it. Until you die of heat stroke. Until you die. Until you just melt away into a puddle of photography goo. Until you lose all your moisture and your heart stops beating, it's fine. Right up until that point, it's fine. Well, yeah, I had the AC go out, and uh, I got mad props to my AC company. They, uh, after, a, after a quick phone call, they got out there fast, and they fixed it. And, uh, and now, now I'm freezing cold. Like, I'd gotten so used to that the pump was, like, slowly failing. You know, the thing, it fills up with water from the drainage, and then it trips the sensor, and then the air conditioning compressor stops running uh, because it's like your drain's backed up. There's that, that's built into a lot of home AC units, maybe all of them. I don't know. I'm not an AC repair guy. And I had slowly, like a, like a frog on a hot plate, slowly gotten used to how gross it was getting. They come, they fix everything up, and now I'm freezing my nuts off in the studio. The, like for the first time in probably like a year, the studio actually gets to the temperature I set it at at the thermostat. And uh, yeah, so there you have it. Well, this is good uh, practice for you for when you get older because I go to visit my parents sometimes. And legally in the state of Florida, if you are over the age of 65, you're not allowed to have your house be any cooler than 78 degrees. That's like the law. That's true. You know, yeah, it is. So if you know, so when you go visit your parents, or when you reach that age yourself, you really have to be used to to surviving in that hellish landscape that is an old person's home in Florida. Right, always hot. Just you, I mean, like you know, you have AC, and mom's like, "Well, it's set on seventy-seven. Yeah, seventy-seven <laughs> is not not comfortable, mom. You know, <laughs> but, then, but then to their credit, they never move. 
there's very little movement or, or expenditure of energy or anything in the house. So I guess 77 feels good to them. But if you, I don't know, walk into the kitchen, it's a hellscape. My parents are like a couple of elderly house cats. They just like lay in one spot <laughs> for a while, stretched out. And then occasionally they'll like go take a couple licks out of the water bowl and then like go back and lay on the carpet. You know, like that's, they just don't move around a lot. I'll call my parents a bit. What are you doing? We're sitting on the back patio watching the game. It's 88 degrees. Why aren't you sitting inside in the AC watching the game? Well, it's cold inside, Blu-ray, clearly. I, I guess so. It's just too cold at 78 in the house, and we've got to sit outside and just live in our own sweat. Yeah, since when did 78 become the optimal indoor human temperature? Op- you know, it's not optimal. 78 is horrific. However, 71 is right out. It's too cold. See, here's the thing, though. Uh, here's the thing, though. It depends on the time of year. Like, you can't set your thermostat in your house and say, 71 is when I want it to be all the time. Mm, that's not going to work. In the summertime, you set it for 69. And in the wintertime, you set it for like 73 or 74. Because the optimum temperature for you in your house really is relative to what's going on outside. I think it's funny. You would think that just the right temperature would be the right temperature. But it's not. You want it a little bit warmer in the house if it's cold outside. And you want it a little bit colder in the house if it's hot outside. That's my experience. No, pretty good. I'm pretty good, 73. Really? See, no, 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 no. In the summertime, our thermostats are all like 68, 69. Yeah. yeah. You you actually let your house get that cold? I can't believe it. It doesn't get that cold. It's set to 68, 69. <laughs> but, I mean, and that's the other side of it is a lot of times the air conditioner just can't keep up with, you know, this orb of hot plasma that pours onto the state of Florida in the summertime. Yes. So Also called the sun. Yeah, good luck with that. Yes, we have three air conditioners. So how was your uh, hurricane this week, by the way? I live in Tampa. Tampa Bay, magical properties of the bay. The Seminole Indians used to come here whenever there was bad storms because they felt that the bay had magical properties, and it still does. Nothing ever bad happens in Tampa in terms of weather. I was going to say in, in, in terms of weather, but other stuff, there's bad stuff in Tampa. Oh, yeah, lots of bad stuff, sure. You know, Florida man caught having sex with an alligator on the bus. That's common. That's like, you know, not even a headline. It's like page four below the fold. But uh, bad weather, no. Never been over 99 degrees in Tampa Bay. Hurricane never comes into the bay. So people are like, oh, hurricane's coming. I'm like, no, it'd be a tropical storm by the time it comes ashore in Tampa. And it was. It is, Matt. Well, it's good to know that you're on, what, what do they call them? The, uh, the lines, the, 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 li- the, the, magic, the mystical lines. The that key con- lines? I don't know what they're called. They're mystical lines that connect everything on Earth. You know, that like uh, people who think that, uh, you know, crystals and essential oils have magic powers. They're called they, like they key like- lines or some key, some kind of line. Yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Whatever it is, it's stupid and not real. But, like, still, you know, it's good to have hope. It's good to believe in something. Good for you. Uh, so <laughs> and all, all, all the, like, the patchouli-stinking hippies just turn the podcast off like, you son of a... You know. Speaking of the hippies, did you see that a bunch of states legalized marijuana? Hey, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Not us. Not... <laughs> nope. No. Florida, heck no. Nope. I'm really eager to become, like, an old retired pothead, so I want them to get on that. I'm so straight arrow that I will not smoke marijuana in Muskogee. I will not smoke marijuana because it is illegal. I just don't, I, that's just not me, right? But if they legalize it, I'm probably going to be all in. I will be, I'll be excited to see that. I've been saving up my whole life not really doing drugs ever. Right. You know, uh, we, you know, we did have our little adventure in Vegas. Right. That was, yeah. and that was, and, and that was big. That was a big adventure for me. Like 40 years, that was the first time I'd smoked pot. And even though it was totally legal because we were in Vegas. I still felt like I was doing something naughty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my whole life, I felt like I was being naughty there. I still have to laugh about sitting at the bar, and you had been roped into a conversation in a little pit group with like five people who were all major like movers and shakers. You know, like 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 this guy's in charge of this thing, and that guy's famous for this, and blah blah blah. And I could see you over there in a conversation with them, and I grabbed someone i don't know who it was and i said listen you've got to go get gary out of there because if he is anywhere near as baked as i am he is going to make a complete fool of himself you've got to save him please go pull him out and they were looking at me like what is your problem dude gary's fine i'm like no no you've got to get him out of there i don't know how he's even functioning in that group i couldn't begin to have a conversation with those people i wasn't functioning all i kept doing was like did i just say i'm sorry did i say that already (laughs) Did I? Did yeah, I? I love that too. I I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I wasn't paying attention there for a second. Did I just say that? Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. I already said that. That's good. That's pretty much me. And then oh, and then someone wanted to meet me. Oh yeah, Scott Johnson. Was it Scott Johnson who wanted to meet me? Do we know who it was? 
It was. It was Scott Johnson. Okay, I've got to get a hold of Scott Johnson because because someone came over and they said, "Hey, come over here because this guy wants to meet you." And I said, "International award-winning Fuji X ambassador Scott Johnson." So seriously, someone needs to reach out to Scott Johnson because because someone said, "Hey, come over here and meet this guy. He wants to meet you." And I said, "I literally cannot get <laughs> off of this bar stool. If I get off of this bar stool, I don't know what's going to happen. You have got to please bring him to me." And, and they're like, no, I, I think he's going to think you're kind of rude if you don't go over there. And I'm like, I can't go over there. It's like asking someone who's a paraplegic to walk over there. It's just not going to happen. It's like when you're a kid and you get asked to go up to the blackboard, but there's a very specific reason why you can't go up to the blackboard if you're a young man, you know? Sorry, I don't know. Yeah, and so I and, – and, and, and it bothers me that to this day – there's a guy out there that has a story in his head about how, yeah, Bure, he was sitting alone at the bar not 15 feet from me, couldn't be bothered to come over and say hello to me. <laughs> I, I know Scott a bit, and I, I guarantee you I'd be shocked if he, if he thought poorly of you. Right. Well, of he, that's what I would think, you know, if somebody couldn't be bothered to come over and say hello, especially because I was sitting alone. I, it wasn't like I was talking to anyone. I was all by myself at the bar and couldn't be bothered to walk over to the group that's having a good time eating nachos and say hello to somebody. What a dick. So just remember how exciting it will be when uh, marijuana is legal in the United States and Boone becomes a pothead. He's not going to talk to anybody because he'll be too afraid to walk around. That's right. I'll just like, nope, 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 nope. No, no, hard pass. Nope, hard nope. pass. Nope. I'll just sit here. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 really interesting to watch this particular issue unfold nationally. I think we have now fifteen states where recreational marijuana is legal, and I and and thirty five where you have at least some medical or decriminalized. Like the decriminalization part is is what's crazy yeah. to me because you know the prisons are full of like guys who were had who had a bag of weed, and to my knowledge, what has never happened is somebody smokes a big fat duber. And then goes and robs a bank, or you know, or does anything besides either on the spectrum from afraid to get out of my chair because I'll fall over, or I'm just gonna sit here and eat some funyuns, you know. And that's like that's basically how it affects you. Oh, by the way, I also feel pretty chill right now. So, you know, it's it's pretty interesting to watch this unfold, and even in some states and some places in the U.S. where they're they're retroactively releasing people from jail for these minor drug offenses related to marijuana to which case like how would you feel let's say that you were a small-time weed dealer and you know you maybe had like an eighth on you or something and you got busted and then you're doing you're doing a nickel up in uh okeechobee you know for your for your (laughs) for your crimes i'm sorry are you gonna get on your hog and drive down to the bar later with the boys what are you like doing a nickel up in okeechobee what When did you become tough guy? Are you carrying? I'm just saying. Gary, do you have a wallet chain right now? I have a knife. And a wallet chain. I serve my nickel, son. No, um, no, I, uh, you say that. You, you, you serve four years of a five-year sentence, and all of a sudden you get, like, this reprieve because they're like, yeah. um, well, sir, the government has decided that what you did wasn't really that big of a deal. And you're like, that's what I was trying to say the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there'd be some bitterness there. I'll say so. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There would. There'd be some bitterness there. I don't know. It's weird what they did in um, Oregon was, or is it Oregon? That's Oregon. 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 Anyway, what they did there was they they decriminalized possession, but not dealing, which is always weird. So we'll see how that goes. If you're carrying a bunch of, of weed, they'll be like, "Haha, we caught you." He's like, "I'm just holding this." This is all mine. It's like, are you sure you weren't going to sell it? No, man. I just really like weed. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think I think the idea. I think we have to get used to the idea, just like prohibition, that you're not going to stop Americans from doing something that makes them feel good. So you have to come up with another way to attack that problem. There has to be some other way to get people to be more responsible. To get, I, you know, I don't know what those ways are, you know, but um, but there has to be some other way rather than just throwing people into prison which affects them for the rest of their life and 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 makes it more likely that when they come out that they're going to do something criminal because it will be so hard for them to not do something criminal there are just certain things that people are going to do regardless and your average otherwise law-abiding citizens who pay taxes who who hold down jobs who grow the economy you know good day-to-day citizens they're just going to be things that your average people are always going to do whether or not it's legal Right. And 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 there are certain people that like you, like me, 
that don't really care to test the law, but you know, ultimately a certain percentage of people are going to be like, it's worth the risk, you know? And, uh, and so why? Like, let's just make a bunch of money off it. Do you remember when Colorado legalized marijuana and they, that there, I remember reading this story that there was a, and, and if there's a, a bombardier in Colorado who remembers this, please correct me. Cause I do not have this up in front of me. This is from memory and probably maybe somewhat inaccurate. It's possible because I am sometimes wrong about things, but they made, they have a, uh, they have a clause in the constitution of the state of Colorado that if the government has a surplus uh, in their budget that they have to distribute the surplus equally among the citizens of Colorado. They basically, the government made so much money off of weed that they had like a multi, multi million dollar surplus, but it wasn't because the population of Colorado has grown so much since that, that, that tenant was put into the constitution. They, they probably made that when there were like 900 people in the whole state, you know, and they got to give everybody, it would basically work out to everybody in Colorado gets like, $27 or something like that. And so they were, they were going to have a referendum as to whether they could use this money to build a school or whatever they were going to do with it. And, uh, and I thought, man, like, you know, we're just always complaining about things being underfunded, like public things, schools and, and then road works and, you know, infrastructure and bridges collapsing. It's like, this is pretty much the perfect solution to every financial problem we have right now. All we got to do is get past this, like, antique puritan notion that 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 this is the devil yeah you know somehow and it's it's large i i don't know i don't know that many people who are regular uh pot users that i can think of off the top of my head but you know as far as like out there just living the life on the edge most of the people i know who use weed, who smoke weed, who use edibles, who who even ones who have their medical marijuana card are just normal folks and that's just how they like kick it on the weekend. You know, and it's and it's not even you know, I just don't see the I don't just I don't see the culture. I don't see people like with a scar over his eye and he carries a switchblade <laughs> and it's like and his name's T-Bone and he's yeah, you know, I don't see that guy. I just I think it's got the negative connotation for no reason. I, I don't think it'll ever be anything that's a big part of my life personally. It's just uh, it's just not my thing. It just doesn't do it for me. But if somebody else wants to do it and it's not bothering anybody, and we can also make sure that, I don't know, every kid in a poor neighborhood can go to a great school and have a MacBook Pro, like, I'm good with that. Like, smoke away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you know, I think if you if you even if you ask the police and domestic disturbance calls and the like, how many times do you get called out to a house where the problem is that everyone in the house is drunk? And how many times do you get called out to a house where the problem is that everyone in the house is high? Usually it's your, it's, it's your Uncle Jaeger uh, that's causing the problems. Yeah, you know? you know what I mean? Who's more likely to start the bar fight? The guy drinking the beer or the guy smoking the joint? I can tell you for a fact it's not the guy smoking the joints. <laughs> no. So, yeah, I've never really understood the whole marijuana thing. I understand harder drugs, of course, but I've never understood why marijuana is seen as – people say it's a gateway drug. You start on the marijuana and then you move to the harder drugs. And I'm like, okay, but didn't the marijuana smoker probably start drinking beer first? Isn't that a gateway drug then? If you want to, if you're gonna, if that's the causality that you're gonna use, I've never met anyone who like I smoke my pot. I've never tried beer. No, I guarantee you, you tried beer too. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I, I'm I'm with you on that. I've never understood why why it's okay to drink alcohol, but it's not okay to smoke pot. I feel like the feds are sitting back, like just waiting to see what happens. Because you know, even though if it's legal in a state, it's it's illegal still on the federal level. Oh, and the hoops they have to jump through are crazy. Like if you own a dispensary. I read a thing about it. The guy who owned a dispensary, like, he had to drive around town every night and go to separate ATM machines and make his deposits in batches because if he deposited more than a certain amount in his account, that could get a federal flag on him. Right. And he could, and he could be accused, you know, so it had, you know, it was just all kinds of things they have to go through. And you have to do business in cash because you can't, you, you can't do bank transactions with certain, you know, it's for certain things. Yeah, it's, it's. It's wild, man. Like, but it's it's an int- it's one of the most interesting things going on in America right now. I think it's really like as far as the the way that our country set up is so unique in what the states and the and the federal government can and can't do, and and which things are res- and yes. which is responsible for what. But yeah, that is a, that is a big thing. I say just go all the way, man. Like, if you're gonna be a bear, be a grizzly bear. Let's let's legalize it, tax it, fund some schools. Cure cancer, buy everybody a, a vaccine for COVID, 
and and a new uh, Jeep Cherokee, and we'll <laughs> call it a day. Well, you know, that won't happen, because here's what they do to go down that rabbit hole. Here's the thing that they always do that always annoys me. When, like, when they start the lottery, they always go, we're starting a lottery, and the money is going to go to the public school systems. And you go, that's great. I'm going to vote for the lottery so they think money can go to the public school system. And the money goes to the public school system, but then if there's $5 million going to the public school system from the lottery, they reduce the normal budget by $5 million for the public school system. Mm. It's, like they, it's like they don't give them $5 million extra dollars. Right. They just say the money is now coming from there, and the money we used to be giving to the public school system, we're going to do with something else. So the public school system doesn't get more money. They just free up more money for other things, which is not in and of itself bad. It's just that it's a little misleading because you think, oh, we're going to have the best schools in the country now because we're going to have the lottery that's going to be feeding into the schools. Uh, and that's usually not the way it works out. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand the lottery, you know, as far as like. Uh, it's a tax on poor people. Yeah, it's, uh, we, you know, we call it the stupid tax. And although I, I yeah. do know several people who've, who've done pretty well, actually, Julie's aunt won uh, the lottery uh, years back. Like, uh, did pretty well. I had a teacher, my fifth grade teacher, she won the lottery. Kept teaching, though. I'd have been out of there so fast. I'm gone. Yeah. I am gone. <laughs> I mean, I got a lawyer and a house and a big fence, and I am done. <laughs> I am not working. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a suit made of nothing but, like, dragon leather. I do not, ha- I do not have a calling. Call what? Who? No. <laughs> yeah. No. The only thing that's calling is my yacht. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I think it's about that time. It's time for Photography News. Photography News. Photography News is brought to you, as always, by the good folks at RetouchUp.com. Just used RetouchUp.com this week, once again, Gary. Yes. Had a a headshot come in, had to uh, knock the background out, replace it with white, do a little uh, working working, working on that. Just no problem. Send that off to RetouchUp. When she, she needed it in a hurry, she was like, how fast can you turn this around? I said, I'll have it for you tomorrow. Oh, great. Okay, no problem. And I said that because I knew that RetouchUp would get it back to me within 24 hours. Yeah, no doubt. I actually sent them something like the cli- a client, I had a high-maintenance employee of a really good corporate client. And so I already had done this by hand. I'd retouched a lot of stuff, and then she came back, and she wanted even more. And it was like it was hair on her shoulder, and then there was, there was just – it would have been really detailed, really laborious, and it would have taken me about an hour to get it right and I was just like, you know what? I got everything $2.50 I'll buy. I'm sending this to Retouch Up. So I sent it to Retouch <laughs> Up, and I was with uh, I was with Al, who's now our new studio manager, which we can talk about later if you want. And I was like, Al, I don't think that they're going to be able to do this, but like, I just don't have the time. So let's see what they come up with. And they came back, and it was flipping perfect. Just, I couldn't believe it. When you said, you said she had hair on her shoulder, are we talking about her clothes, or is she like the guy in the Umbrella Academy? No, the um, no, she was a half gorilla from like a she was a gorilla from the neck down. No, uh, she had you know she had just wild hair, right? You know, like it's one of those people they come into the studio and she was like, yeah, I didn't wear any makeup today and I didn't get my hair done because I just like it like this. And you're like, ah, uh, here we go. Even all the prep that you send them and stuff. So of course she wasn't happy with how her skin looked and she looked too shiny and has too many blemishes and her hair was a flipping disaster. And somehow, when it got back from retouch up, she looked like she had a professional hair and makeup artist. I was like, all right, $2.50 well spent. Nice. Sign up today for a new account with retouchup.com. Be sure and list Photobomb as your referral source, and you will get a special discount code. Also, if you're interested in doing photo restorations for your clients, or maybe you've got some photos yourself, from photos from your parents, your grandparents you want to have restored, all you have to do is send those off to retouchup.com as well. And if you email Gary P., at retouchup.com, he will send you a code for half off on your first photo restoration order. You can tell that, that these are not canned commercials. Yes, we don't play the same. We do this live every week. <laughs> we do this live every single time. All right, so there's a few things in photography news that are interesting this week, but the one that I wanted to start off with that I thought was kind of a, a little bit of a bomb dropped on a lot of people is that Google is going to kill the free unlimited storage that they offer in Google Photos. And the way it works now is that if you use Google Photos either on your computer or on your phone, I'm an Android user, so I use it on my phone. Every picture that I take with my camera, my little Fuji, will automatically upload to my phone. And then Google Photos will grab that and back it up to Google Photos. And you can back up your photos one of two ways. You can back, back them up at full size or you can back them up at what they call high quality. 
right? So high quality reduces the size of the image. But since I only use Google Photos for backing up images like as a last resort, you know, because I'm going to save the actual image on my computer, but it's just nice to have that other bit of night lashes right back up in Google Photos and to have access to all my photos anywhere. I don't care that they make it a little bit smaller uh, because it's free. It's unlimited. They will back up any picture that hits your phone. Well, they have announced that uh, probably around summertime next year that they're going to stop that. Uh, as it is now, you get 15 gigabytes of free storage with Google Photos for your, you know, full-size photos, but free with the unlimited, with the uh, high-quality photos. That's going to end and everything that you shoot, everything that you have on your phone, everything that gets backed up to Google will count towards your 15 gigabytes of free storage. And I think this is bull. Well, <laughs> I mean, I get it, but... I mean, I get that it's, oh, they're like, you know what? We're, we're God knows how many quadrillabytes they probably are using for storage now of people's photos and they're not making any money off of it. But, uh, you know, that's the deal you made, Google. You know, you got us all addicted to just having our stuff back up this way, and and now you're going to take it away from us and make us pay? I mean, listen, it's not expensive. You can get, I think, a terabyte for $10 a month, but still, it's annoying. Yeah, okay. You know, I, I've liked having this free, this free backup to Google Photos all the time. I'm so sorry about this first world problem that you're experiencing right now. <laughs> I just, uh, man, I got to tell you. My heart goes out to you. Uh, incidentally, if you have a – this is the interesting part that I thought about this story. If you have a Google Pixel phone, it's still free. Also, if your pictures are older than a certain amount, those pictures, those photos are exempt. If they're uh, – Yeah, yeah. everything you've got uploaded so far doesn't count towards it. Right. And uh, also, uh, if you have, have been inactive on Google Photos for two years, they're going to delete everything that's on there. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Because, you know, but but it's built into your phone. And so the way it works now is you're just, you're used to, for years, you're used to this idea that anything that goes into your phone is backed up to Google Photos for free. Yeah, well, Apple does the same thing. Like, they, they you know, it's been that way for a while, except they only give you five gigs. Well, I understand it because, I mean, you know, Google, they're struggling. And they've got to they gotta do everything they can, everything they can to, to keep the company afloat. It's got to be tough out there for the only uh, search engine that everybody uses. <laughs> Yeah, and the only ad, the ad revenue they own YouTube. Yes. Like, man, I bet they're really hurting right now. But like, with everybody stuck at home during the pandemic, they're definitely not using YouTube twenty times as much. But I'm all about business, and I get that you know this is good business sense for them, and I understand it. But it's just it's annoying because it's not like you know if you're an Android user, it's not like you've decided to use Google Photos. It's built into the phone. You know, it's a big part, and I've been really happy recently. Because um, I don't know if anyone else has ever had this problem, but for the last three or four years, if you were using a Fuji X100 camera, when your images went into your phone, for some reason, Google Photos would not save them individually as individual images on your screen, but would save them in a stack. Right, right. The way that it would save uh, like a time lapse or something. If you take a picture, it would take 20 or 50 pictures would always just be in a stack. So then you have to open the stack and scroll through them. For so for some reason, I don't know what, but for some reason, like three weeks ago, that stopped. And now suddenly the pictures appear in Google Photos the same way they appear in your normal uh, folder for your camera. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, yay, it works again. And then like the next day, by the way, we're going to start charging. Yeah, boy, that's how they get you. They make it, they yeah. make a, they take a really niche, quirky thing out of a software that they probably didn't know was there. And they fixed it just in the time to charge you for it just to screw you over. Right. I see what they did there. So I've got a story for you. Uh, here is a couple of quick hits. One, Sony is getting ready to wade into the drone business. and Really? Yes, with what they're calling AirPeak, Sony AirPeak. Um, very little information so far about it. I think they're even still seeking other technology companies to collaborate on the effort. But uh, before too long, you should start seeing some Sony-branded drones out there flying. So we'll see. How that goes, maybe they've been watching DJI and uh, decided that it's worth the money. But I got to tell you, drones are only getting more popular. I've had mine for a few weeks. I love it. Went home last night, drove down the street, and my neighbor, Bob, was flying a drone. Like, uh, And Bob's like older guy, probably in his 60s, lives by himself, you know, hardly ever comes out. You just kind of give him the old wave as you, as you drive by. I would drive home the other night. First time I've seen him outdoors in like a year. He's just standing out in the yard flying a drone, grinning like an idiot. 
<laughs> like it's the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> so like it is it is before too long. This could be one of those I think it's getting bigger and bigger. And so yeah, Sony wants a piece of that action. And honestly, DJI doesn't have a whole lot of competition. They really are dominating the market. So, you know, there there is some room for somebody to move in there if they innovate on technology. And Sony, as as they've shown us in the camera market, are really, really good at innovating with technology. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna bet against Sony if they're gonna move on a market. Yeah. So yeah, they know they know what they're doing. So should be some interesting competition. Maybe see some cool innovation there. Also, uh for other, more in more video ish news, uh Black Magic has announced DaVinci Resolve 17 for those of you who are video editors. And DaVinci is grown to be one of the dark horse, most popular video editing softwares out there. Uh, This 17 is supposed to have like 300 new features that are making it better and better and better. And they are just gunning for, uh, you know, those others like your Final Cut Pro users and your Premiere users. And they started out being really famous for being able to get great color, color grading with Resolve. And now they're just rolling out some some incredible incredible features so definitely check that out i think you can even there's even a free version that's really really good and then there's a paid version that does even more stuff so uh been looking at trying it out myself i'll give it a whirl but davinci resolve 17 is uh getting ready to be out so check that out folks over at Profoto have announced a new product if you are a person who owns and loves the uh pro photo a10 Speedlight, which is $1,100, then you are definitely going to want to get the new Profoto OCF adapter, which is a stand, well, it's a a mount that goes on top of your light stand to hold your $1,100 Speedlight, and it is priced at the low, low price of just $300. I absolutely love this uh, story. I saw this, and I'm a little jealous that you you got to it first. (laughs) There's no question that Profoto makes incredible products like they're like everyone i know uses pro photo I've, I've used them some myself and they're just they're intuitive they're reliable they're really pretty to look at uh, they're they're relatively simple to use they just make good stuff but the price is just they're a premium product and and most people i know just maybe could afford them but just realize that you can get something that's that will do the job for uh like one fifth of the price so the amazing thing here is that they have the they're just the the big old swinging brass balls to come out with something like this <laughs> and essentially all this is is cuz the A1 is is the uh, it's got that magnetic round head on it that you can clip adapters to but it's not particularly easy to use with other devices so you know if you you can put it on some kind of umbrella mount like a Manfrotto or something but Profoto also has a lo- a big line of of adapters of modifiers and so they come out with this adapter that enables you to put their OCF line of soft boxes and modifiers onto the A1 and so I, I guess it, it it makes it more functional rather than just being a you know a, a speed light that this makes it a, a really useful off camera flash but a couple of things the adapter. It's probably the only ugly thing I've ever seen Profoto produce. <laughs> well, I will say this. Uh, you mentioned that they have brass cojones, and this adapter is actually all metal. So, I mean, I'm not saying that justifies the price, but it, it when you start talking about custom metal rigs, when, and, and just so we're clear, we're not talking about just a little a hot shoe mount. No. This thing's like a hot shoe mount with two uh, bars that go up the side and then a round thing at the top that, you know, basically hugs the head of the flash uh, and it's all metal, so I can see how something like that certainly is going to be more expensive than 1995. But 300 dollars? Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not a, just a cheap. No, Profoto doesn't make cheap, chintzy stuff. They make good stuff, and it's always a premium price. But this to me is like beyond the pale. So just to so just to say, you could you could get a proper Profoto light for the price of $1400. Like but why are you and 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 the some of the pro photo lights the B10s and stuff they, they wouldn't be much more than this and they're not much bigger and heavier than the A1. I mean the only advantage was you could also pop this thing off the $300 rig you just bought and put it on your camera if you want to. But like I, I don't know. I don't know who I I I don't know who this is for. You know who it's for? It's for all of the pro photo ambassadors cuz they're going to get one in a box and be making YouTube videos about <laughs> it over the next couple of weeks, but there's no question that it's going to be a great product. It's just the price is like just impractical for your average photographer. And and I watched the promo video of it and the guy on there and he was like, 
Yes, and now with the Profoto A1 and the whatever adapter, the your options are limitless. I'm like, actually, technically, that's not true. They're like, they're, you can use like five more softboxes than you could before. Like, <laughs> your options are increased by exactly five modifiers. Like, okay, all right. I mean, sure. Like, whatever. Like, I guess if if, if you're in all, if you're all in on Profoto and you have the gear and you have no problem paying their premium price, this, you'll love this thing, no doubt. So what else you got in the news? What do you have in the news? Uh, well, Instagram is adding some more stuff. You know, if you're a big Instagram guy, they are adding some changes to their home screen. They're adding reels and shop tabs. So the shop tabs, I think, are pretty much self-explanatory. A lot of uh, merchants do business on Instagram, and the shop tab will help get you more to their products uh, if they're, they're trying to sell. And then reels will introduce short videos uh, made by different influential people, I guess, and I guess anybody. I feel like, once again, it's a little bit of let's try and get uh, some TikTok into Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure what happens is since Facebook is uh, this multi-billion dollar monolith and they bought Instagram and they've tried to buy Snapchat and Snapchat gave them the finger like three times, I think they tried to buy Snapchat. And Snapchat's like, no, we're cool. So then Facebook goes, okay, well, we'll just make Instagram do all the stuff Snapchat can do. And then TikTok comes up. I guarantee you, that they that they through either back channels or or directly I have no specific knowledge but I guarantee you that they made overtures to try and buy TikTok and then I bet you TikTok was like we're good yeah well they actually introduced reels a couple of months ago but now they're going to put it front and center and make it you know they're going to push it even more I don't know I don't know if it's really feasible that any one social media company can be the be all end all for some reason I think that that people like the divisiveness. People like, you know, like my kids like that they're not on Facebook. Right. You know, and there are people who are on TikTok who like that they're not on Snapchat. I just don't think we have enough data because social media hasn't been around long enough. We've got two generations that have used social media significantly, right? Basically. Right. But I think what you're going to find is that the younger kids are going to need a social media platform that their parents aren't using. And that's, I think that's where a lot of it comes from because initially it was Instagram and then it was Snapchat and then now it's TikTok. And then once every, once everybody's mom is now on TikTok, you know, showing their cookie baking videos or, or the whatever, like then the kids are going to be like, we need something else, please internet, give us something else. Cause my mom is watching me on this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that any one company can be the be all end all. Now there'll always be that that dark horse, but I think that I think it's great that although I I I use and enjoy Facebook, uh, you know, no problem. I for, I welcome the uh the robot overlords that will eventually take over, but there will always be a subversive platform. Somebody will the 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 economy you know was going to produce a subversive a subversive platform for younger people to use that their parents just don't get. Like, it's amazing what TikTok has to be, how bizarre it has to be so that adults don't get it. Like, it's literally 15-second clips of kids <laughs> doing stupid dance moves, and that's basically how the whole thing started, or, or lip-syncing to songs. It has to be weird enough so that your average 40-year-old goes, I don't get it. And then the, ki and then the kids can yeah. do whatever they want there. Like it. That's a guaranteed success for you. If you can get all of the 40-year-olds to go, I don't get it, you're going to make a million dollars. Because the kids will love it. As soon as they, as soon as they realize yeah. their parents have no interest in it, they're all over it. And then as soon as the kids are all over it, then the parents will slowly start to get into it. Yeah. What have you got? Our friends at Manfrotto, and, and I say that not having any friends at Manfrotto, I just, you know, it's just a thing you say when you have a podcast. The good folks at Manfrotto have uh, started making, did you know they made memory cards? Yeah, well, I know they started making memory cards a few weeks ago. We did a story about it. Well, no, we did batteries, 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 batteries. We're going to pretend that we also said memory cards. That's right. Exactly. We did. We absolutely, I remember that. I, you're correct. So uh, I had a, because uh, we didn't talk about them making batteries. I had a listener reach out to me this week and say that he ordered uh, a, one of the batteries that Manfrotto makes. He said $50 is a great deal. And so I saw this story pop up that says uh, now they're making these memory cards. They added CF Express memory cards, which if you're not familiar, they're, they're basically like the new ones that are still very, very expensive. Um, they're about a buck 30 to a buck 50 per gigabyte, roughly, is how much they cost. And so Manfrotto has started making some professional-grade CF Express cards, um, and those, um, I, I don't know, it seems like they're really just expanding their product offerings, and they look pretty good. And the price is a little bit lower than market, and these are made for those high 4K, 8K frame rate videos if you're interested in that. And you can get those currently pretty much everywhere uh, that memory cards are sold, including directly from Manfrotto's website. And I also have one more story here about, you know I wasn't going to get through without a story about Canon, right? Like, I, 
How, was, right. how are we going to get out without the story about Canon? So you know I'm a big user and lover of the EOS M line of cameras. I had the M5. I have the M50 now. Um, I will probably own another one in the future as long as they keep supporting them. But the big problem with the M line is that there's not a ton, there aren't a ton of lenses. They have an adapter that works beautifully with the EF lenses, but really it kind of kind of misses the point of having the the M line because they're so small and portable to put a lens that's five times the size and weight as the camera body and attach it to it. So like putting a 70 to 200 on this thing is ridiculous. So uh, there's another company now that is making lenses, fast prime lenses for the EOS M line. And this is called Viltrox. And Viltrox has added three new fast prime lenses specifically for that EFM mount. They have a 23 millimeter 1.4, 33 1.4 and a 56 1.4 which is essentially a 35 a 50 and an 85 if you're on a full frame camera so they're getting pretty serious about it and i was looking at these and there are a couple of things of note when you look at these cameras they are like chrome plated they are literally just chrome plated lenses and uh they look like if the t1000 from terminator 2 turned himself into a trash can that's kind of what they look like (laughs) Yeah, they are obnoxious, uh, obnoxiously chrome, but they look really cool. I'd be interested to see the quality of these things. And they also have a feature that I think is very odd. Tell me what you think. You adjust the aperture by turning a ring at the base of the lens. You choose the aperture with a ring on the lens. Right. Well, that's that's the way all cameras were for years, and Fuji cameras are that way still. Right, yeah, but I mean, for a Canon camera, I think that's very unusual. Yeah, for a Canon camera, that's going to be weird. And especially in that EOS M line where it's like, let's go for super ease of use. By the way, let's bring something that we used to do in the 60s and add that to this very modern, small, easy-to-use camera. Um, so I'm, I'm interested. I'm not quite clear from reading the specs on it. There is an auto aperture mode that you can set it to on that ring and i don't know if that auto aperture mode just lets the camera do it or if the lens is independently choosing the aperture i'm not really it wasn't super clear i'd like to think that you can put it on auto mode and then just use the camera as normal but i wasn't able to discern that from reading about it on amazon uh, but you know um seems pretty cool so if you're an m user check out that's viltrox v-i-l-t-r-o-x if you want to check out those lenses although they seem to be priced pretty reasonably i think the uh 20 Four mili- the 22-millimeter 1.4 lens was about 300 bucks, so pretty reasonable. One of the areas that I, I've always thought that Fuji had the right idea was that they tried to put a hard dial on the camera for the three things in the exposure triangle. So the, uh, the aperture is on the lens, and then the shutter speed and the ISO are on the camera. And instead of having all these modes... You can just set any one of those three things into auto. Yeah, that's pretty. I like that. It's pretty slick. So you can just create your own mode. So if you set the ISO and the shutter speed to A, well, then you're in aperture priority mode. Yeah. You know, you're setting the aperture and there, you know, and vice versa with the with the shutter speed or the ISO. And I've always thought so simple and easy instead of having to use all these modes to do it for you. Just go, no, no, you know what? I don't want to have to pick my shutter speed. So I'm just going to set that to A. And then I'm going to set my SO to A, and then I'll just set my aperture and let the camera do the rest. So you know how um, I know that you're getting old? Uh, okay. Well, there are many, many indications. No, no, this is the number one. Like, And if this hasn't sunk in with you, uh, I, I just I feel bad about pointing this out, but I can't resist. I don't think I want to hear this. Already now, already I have depression rolling in <laughs> just from hearing this is coming. I'm looking over your shoulder. And behind you on the desk <laughs> I know is a bag of Werther's Originals. <laughs> yes, like a giant bag of Werther's Originals on my desk. I was in a uh, I was in a Zoom call earlier today with PPA because I'm going to be hosting Imaging USA uh, live in Atlanta this year. And I'm in a Zoom call and I look at myself on the Zoom and I'm like slowly reaching back to remove the giant bag of butterscotch that is sitting on my desk because I'm like, this is just going to be like, oh, Grandpa Boo-Ray's got butterscotch in his pocket for you, little sweetie. Uh, I like uh, Werther's, and we were at Sam's Club, and, and we're on the candy aisle. I'm like, oh, hey, Werther's, get that. And I just didn't think about it, and I got a bag that is like the size of a horse feed bag uh, of Werther's. I've got enough butterscotch to last through the rest of my life, so I have this giant bag of Werther's. Well, this, this is, this is, that initial purchase is where it starts because that bag of Werther's yeah. Originals will be the same bag that you're trying to pawn off on your grandchildren 
when they come to visit, be like, why is Grandpa always trying to give us these the Werther's Originals? Well, I think he saw it in a commercial once. Once back in Ot uh, 15, he uh, we, we were at the Costco, and he bought a bag of Werther's that were too big. You know why I like it, though? You know why I like them? Oh, Jesus. It's the only it's the only hard candy that is buttery enough that I can that it it tastes good to me and and works. Well, well now I feel bad. Any other any other candy doesn't isn't quite right for me. So that's why it's like the only candy I can eat. So I hope you feel good that you've uh, made fun of this thing that I eat because of my cancer. Well, you know what? You should feel good that you survived the cancer and and I stand by I stand by my insult. Okay. I would too because it was a good call. It was not even an insult. It was just an <laughs> observation. Yeah, it was a good one. It was absolutely a good one. The minute you was like, I'm looking at I'm like, oh my God, the Werther's bag. <laughs> it's the Werther's bag. I know exactly what it is. Okay, so our final story, uh, I think it's going to be our final story, I thought was pretty cool. Did you see the story about the photographers who took the picture of President Trump golfing on the day that they called the race? I saw the story in my newsfeed. I didn't click on it to read it. Okay, this is, this is a cool photography story, all right? There's no politics here. It's just photography here. Uh, so he was golfing at a private golf club in Virginia, and photographers aren't allowed on the course. But part of that course runs along the Potomac. And so on the other side of the Potomac is a trail, a jogging trail, and you can go there. So these photographers were on the jogging trail with 1,200-millimeter lenses running up and down the trail following the golf carts trying to find President Trump so they could take a picture of him golfing. And even then, they had to crop it because they were literally shooting three quarters of a mile. Wow. Three quarters of a mile to get a blurry picture of a guy with a golf club. In a red hat. Yeah, in, a, in, you know, in this case, a white hat with 45 on the side. And this is nothing to do with President Trump, just me in general. When you have to wear things that just promote yourself, I've just, I've, I've just never been a fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there are plenty of photographers at conventions, and they wear, like, the the kit for their own, like, educational platform. And it's like, I know who you are, man. Like, I get it. You know, like. Yeah. I've never thought about that. Yeah. But when you're, I just, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's kind yeah, of it would be, it, You know, it's like Michael Jordan. Does he actually wear Jordans? I'm sure he wears Jordans. Like, does he walk around buying with, with, the, with the third-party retail version of, of his number 23 basketball jersey? Does he, like, go to the mall? No. See, that's my point. No. Like, he'll wear Air Jordans because he sells them, or he might wear a Jordan hat because he sells it, but he doesn't wear a hat that just says, Michael Jordan, I played basketball for the Bulls on. <laughs> you know, he, doesn't, he doesn't wear that hat. Like a football player wearing his jersey number to the mall. Yeah. You know, it, that's, I've always felt that was just kind of weird. As if there weren't enough about you to be recognizable. You know, like, you, like yeah. you, you probably, you know, the president being maybe the most recognizable person in the world at this time. Right. You could show somebody his silhouette and they would know exactly who it is. That's how recognizable this right. man is. Yeah, and that's me. To me, a real fame is when you don't have to tell anyone who you are. Right. You know, when you, the, when you can just be completely humble about it. You right. Know, that, you know, because people just know who you are. Like Justin Bieber. And the more famous you are, the more humble you need to be. Yeah, you have to be go out of your way to appear more humble than you even really are because yes. even the littlest bit of impatience or cockiness is yes. going to be like, oh, well, he's a, you know, that guy. Yeah. Like, like how, how if you're a celebrity, you have to tip 300% or they just think that you're, yeah. uh, or they just think that you're cheap. Yes. <laughs> I saw Jerry Seinfeld with the, uh, uh, Mary, not Mary Louise Parker, the other woman with three names who was on Sex in the City. Uh, oh, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker. And uh, they did one of his shows, and they went out to eat or whatever. And then at the end, she was paying or whatever. She said, let me get the tip. And he was like, how much are you going to leave? And he looks at what she's leave, leaving, and he was, he was aghast. He was like, no, oh, no. And she's like, what, what, what? It's, it's like 20%. That's what you leave is 20%. And, and he was like, no, that's what you leave if you want everyone to think you're an a-hole. <laughs> you're famous. You can't leave 20%. You've got to leave more, you know, so. Yeah, because immediately what happens when a celebrity leaves a, a bad tip, you know that that person's taking a picture of that receipt. And then they're po and they're exactly. posting it on their Instagram. You know, they're they're yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah. Tim Tebow came in to my to the taco stand, and he left me five dollars on a five dollar taco. That cheap bastard. And you're like, that's a hundred percent tip, you jerk. You handed him a taco for God's sake. Give Tim Tebow a break. <laughs> I do want to point out 
that we normally don't have anything to talk about or promote because of the virus. That's that's true. The virus. But I actually do. I do officially have something to promote, and it is Imaging USA coming up in January. Yes, indeed. This is exciting. Yes, if you haven't been to ImagingUSA.org to sign up for Imaging USA this year, you absolutely need to do so because it is unbelievably priced. $59 now for three days of entertainment, uh, great speakers, uh, vendor showcase, and, of course, fantastic uh, teaching opportunities and a lot to learn. If you sign up, you can watch it all live. You can also watch it on repeat for a month after it goes live. So you, you're going to get to see everything you want to see. No more, gee, I have to pick between these two people who are speaking at the same time. You don't have to do that. You're going to be able to see everything you want to see. And uh, the lobby, as we call it, the area that you will enter when you go in the, to get information and find out what's going on and so forth, will be hosted by yours truly. I will be hosting the lobby. So uh, come and see me at Imaging USA at home in January. Just go to ImagingUSA.org to get all the details. Fantastic. I will also be part of Imaging USA. I will be teaching a platform class. I guess there's technically no platform. Uh, but, but you know, for, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, you know, go to ImagingUSA.org. Sign up for 59 bucks. You could absolutely not lose. You'll get to see every single class you want to see. And if you view the classes live, which I do believe that the classes are pre-recorded, but the instructor is going to be in the room live yes. answering questions and doing a live Q&A at the end of each session. So not only will you get to see the class, but you'll get to interact with the instructor even while they're teaching and ask them questions live at the end. It's going to be, it's really like they are, un, not even, nothing is going to stop PPA from doing what PPA does. And I just think that this Imaging USA is going to be the best possible version of what it could be under these circumstances. It's not going to be a bunch of instructors teaching, sitting in their, their offices in their sweatpants. This, they, are, they are taking a huge swing and bringing something really, really unique. You'll be able to interact live in uh, Zoom chats or whatever with vendors in a live virtual trade show. It's, it's, it's just going to be extraordinary, I think. And uh, anyway, so I'll be teaching a class uh, called Master Your Marketing. If you haven't used your, if you're a PPA member and you haven't used your educational voucher, you could probably, I think, don't quote me, I'm pretty sure that you can get Imaging USA for $29. All right. Uh, the Photobomb Podcast is brought to you by Bure Perry and by Gary Hughes. Our editor is Daniel Munoz. You can find us online at facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. You can find our website at photobombpodcast.com. Gary's website is HughesFearReady.com. So it is. My website is BooRayPerry.com. And you can email us questions at photobombpodcast.com. We'll see you back here next week. See you later.